Hey, it's BT with Tales of, from the Gemini. And, uh, man, I'm so excited for this, Sarah. This is a guest I've always wanted and um, got him. Matter of fact, got them. Uh, got them. They're a couple. I think you know it. I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag. It's uh, Dylan Gray and his lovely wife, Terry Lee Gray. And if anybody watches MotoGP and geeked out like I did, everybody knows Dylan was the man, plain and simple. He just made it. He made everything interesting. The the, the tech stuff. The everything. They just made it interesting to watch. And when he left, it was like he disappeared from the face of the earth. Unless you unless you really Google him and really find out where he was, he left like poof, he was gone. And everybody wondered where he went. I was lucky to have lunch with him. Uh, he and his wife in Miami. Uh, I was passing through, and. This couple, I'm talking there, that is love. I, you hardly ever see love like this, but that, that is love. So I can't wait to interview both of them. They're both journalists, and they're both together in, in love, I guess. you got to be in love to move to Canada. That's where they live in, they live in Canada. To go, to go from Miami to Canada, that's just insane, don't you think? Why would you do that shit? Anyway, that's what love does to you. It makes you do weird shit like that. And, uh, oh, boy. And so he, he's hitting me up. And, uh, you know, I'm going to tell him, just, he can click on him right now if he wants to. Okay, I'm going to tell him to click on right now if he wants to. Hey, why? You want get a couple pictures? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I'm going to interview Dylan. And, um, man, I can't wait. I've, there's so much pressure on me um, uh, because Dylan, like I said, he was the best. And we've been going back and forth. And he was like, I'm, uh, last night he hit me up. He goes, uh, I'm, I'm looking for some g- good questions from you, BT. I'm like, oh, shit. You know, when the best is expecting something from you, you're like, Sh-. you know, it's like playing basketball with Michael Jordan and he passes you the game winning shot. You go, motherfucker. You know, and that's what it's like. So I'm waiting on Dylan to hit me up. And when he does, oh, I can't. I, I'm, I'm, el- I'm elated. And thank you so much. We're going on. It's a special Saturday. Usually I, I take these on a Tuesday. It's, I came in on a Saturday. Everybody's pissed at me. Wyatt's pissed at me. He came in with a bad mood. Wyatt and Malik is here. So I'm just excited, man, to, to do this. And I, thanks, Wyatt. I, I know you're pissy. Wyatt. Are you pissy at me? Are you pissy at me, Wyatt? No, I'm not. <laughs> that was... That was so whatever, man. And I mean, like, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm glad to be here on a Saturday afternoon, even though I'm 19. I can do, be doing a lot of things at, uh, on a Saturday at, at noon. But, yeah, anything for you, BT, you son of a bitch. So, anyway, waiting for Dylan to click on. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to ask him everything, man, just why he left GP. Uh, what was it What was about his wife that he loved? I know a couple things about it. Like, I, he seems OCD. He's so, like, like, the minute details. But that's what makes him so good. It's a passion he has. And he, he's a nice guy, don't get me wrong, but there's a, there's a quiet intensity that burns in him. And, and you'll see it when I interview him. I, I, I remember him. And I want to talk to him about the year 2015. Don't let that, you know, sometimes I slip. When I start talking, I just get going. I always have, like, all these notes. Is he clicking on? Oh, my God. Here we go. Here we go. Thanks, Wyatt. That's what a good producer does. All right, let's get to Look at him. He even stand like a producer. Arms crossed. Let's make it a good one, BT. Thanks, man. Here we go. Dylan's coming on. Here we go. Oh, that's his wife. She's a chef now. She's a, uh, a, a pay. Here we go, Dylan. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hold on, Terry. Make sure you get the audio. Yes, Here we go. Yes, good. <laughs> hey. Oh my God. They're the the dream couple. I was just telling my producer. Where? I, 
I was, I was telling my producer and my engineer, I said, this is the dream couple. I was doing my research on you last night, and I, and I saw the highlights of the wedding, and I lie to you not, 1 o'clock in the morning, I'm in my kitchen, and I'm, I'm, I got tears in my eyes because the way you, the way you looked at him, uh, Terry, when we were at the altar and you're saying your vows, I mean, that was love right there. And Dylan, you had that love look, and I'm, and I'm going, oh, my God. I'm a grown-ass man, and I'm crying in my kitchen. Kitchen at one o'clock in the morning, my dog's like, "What's wrong, T?" I'm like, "You don't understand." I mean, how are you guys doing, man? Seriously, how are you, buddy? Good, thank you. All the all the better for seeing you. Yes. We always say you're the you're the positive influence on us. Like if if there was a cupid that like shot an arrow into us in Austin for love, you're like the I don't know happiness slash career motivational version of yeah, cupid. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. No, let me tell you something. You talk about pressure today because when you hit me up last night, you go, "Hey, I'm, I'm looking forward to some good questions from you." I'm like, "Oh God!" I'm like, I was telling my yeah. I'm producer, I'm telling our producer Wyatt. I go, Dylan. I go, you don't understand. Dylan was the quintessential, the greatest. Moto GP journalist ever, and that's like if he says I'm waiting for the question for you. It's like Michael Jordan giving you the ball and go, you hit the game winning shot, and you go, oh Jesus, Michael, and that's what I feel like right now, man. Oh good, good. <laughs> I agree. I agree, you. BT. Yeah, and, and thank you for the kind words. And that's no disrespect to you, Terry, because watching what oh. you did, no, watching what you did and how you jinxed all the guys on the grid in Austin oh. right before you. <laughs> Let me tell you something. For people who don't know, they call it the Fit Lane Reporter Jinx. In Austin, in Austin, Terry, every person Terry interviewed, they all ended up crashing. You did more. You did more damage in that afternoon than Darren Bender does in a year. I mean. <laughs> And that's saying something. I'm not proud of that. Not that was, proud of it. I mean, the greatest thing about it, you you interviewed Fanati, and I think Baldessari, and the funniest thing you interviewed Marquez, and Marquez was the kid. He was undefeated. Why? Why? Listen to me, my producer. He was undefeated when he went to Austin. Terry interviewed him. He crashed for the first time. That's the only time he's ever lost on American <laughs> soil was when she interviewed him, and I thought that was the funniest. Wait, where did he? Where did he crash in Austin that time? Uh. I can't remember. Remember, because the cameras, the, the camera shot off to those girls, and they were crying. Remember, remember when he crashed, those his, his fans were crying, and they and they showed that girl going, "No, no." I mean, honestly. Oh, that's Alex Rins won his first one. Remember, and, and oh, that, that one, that one. Sorry, yeah, yeah, that was the first year after I wasn't there. Yeah, that's, that's right. Why, you were okay, there. Yeah. But maybe it's his fault. He wasn't there. You know what? Maybe well, that. I was sad that I wasn't there. That's why. Not as sad as I was, Dylan. Not as sad as I was. <laughs> I, I mean that. And you know what we're going to do is I wanted to go there first, but let's get let's just get to it right now. I, you know, I was researching everything and I loved how you did everything. You basically what you did for tech was what Bugs Bunny did for carrots. You made it interesting, man. You really did. Like, I'm not a tech guy. I'm a guy that wants to get on a bike and just go. But you made it to where like you wanted to know, hey, what kind of what kind of tires are these guys running? What and you know, and and what sticks out for me was the Aragon race and two no not Aragon I'm sorry Argentina race Argentina. in 2015 when you said Marquez's tires are going to drop off around lap 7 or whatever and it happened on the dot and I was like oh my god this guy yeah. knows what he's talking about well I've got to I've I almost hate to ruin your illusion B, BT but <laughs> but it was no 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 honestly it's it it ultimately boils down to I mean I've I always said I'm not an ex-rider. Yeah, I did. I do track days or did track days, 
but I can't go into the paddock and talk like someone who knows what he's talking about, if that makes sense. Right. So I've got to come at it from a different angle. I studied mechanical engineering. I love the engineering side. So I always knew, OK, how can how can I bring something like you listen to? I listen to, to Simon Crayfar now and I love it because he's coming from he's a guy who's won on a 500 cc two stroke. That's, n- apart from Valentino, no one else can say that in the paddock now. Yes. Right? Yes. So, so he's coming from that side. So I always knew that I had to come from a different angle, but it's ultimately down to a learning you know, uh, you know, learning about what the engineering side of the bike is, but it's getting the relationships with the people that know. Like I had built up enough of a relationship with Bridgestone that I was stood next to them under the can under the pit lane canopy of I'm trying to think. This was Argentina. Over to yeah, I used to hang around the kind of Pramac ones or so, somewhere where they wouldn't kick me off. You could never stand at the factory <laughs> one, right? Because yeah. <laughs> you'd have a bunch of angry Japanese people pushing you off the wall. So, <laughs> No, and, and I was just talking to them, and and with Bridgestones, um, Bridge people love. Well, now they love the Michelins, but they used to love the Bridgestones because it was almost if they had a soft, a medium, and a hard, they would be extremely different tires. Like whereas with the Michelins, you go from soft to a hard, it's almost the same tire with a few little modifications. So you have to make the bike work right. for them. Right, but it was those Bridgestone guys. I just I was stood next to them, and they they most of them were German, and and I'm I'm half German. I don't yes. know if you know that. Yes, your mother, Japanese your way. mother was German. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, she she still is. She's very German, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and she loves you. She Does loves she really? You. She's, saying, she's saying, oh, this. Who's this funny man? He's really, I love his comments. Are you serious? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You, honestly, I, I was going to get to that. I know you're getting your story. and We'll go back. But I was just okay. thinking maybe that's the reason why you're such a hard worker. Because, I mean, it's that German, it's that German culture. I know your dad's English and she's German. Yeah. But it's something about the Germans. They're, just, they're all about that business, man. And yeah. she's the one that got you in the motorcycle and got you in the GP. And yeah. I think that's yeah. why that you're such a great catch for, for Terry. Because you know how to treat women. And, that, and, and it comes from that German heritage. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. Full circle. circle. (laughs) I think is that the reason? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Is that the reason why? She um yes. Yeah. Do you do you want me to to quickly finish the Oh I'm sorry, yeah, go back, go back with that. Yes. Because I know I like I'm I'm treating this as you're interviewing us, but we're kind of interviewing you at the same time, right? This is this is key to BT's podcast. Tales of a Gemini goes over here and then goes over there. I'm a a Gemini as well, so I understand. It's it's you go everywhere. When's your birthday? When's your birthday? 21st of June. I'm on the cusp of Gemini and Cancer, but I was just born in the morning, so (laughs) my mum always says I'm Gemini. (laughs) That's why we get along so well, brother. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Oh, because finish the story. I'm sorry. Finish the story. Okay, okay. Very quickly, it was ultimately down to relationships. And those Bridgestone guys, they're normally told, any tire person isn't really meant to give away too much. But they showed me all the lap times they had because Marquez had put on race distance on the soft and Rossi had put on race distance on the hard during the free practices. Right. So they knew because Marquez, if you remember, he absolutely bolted. Yes. He had probably a six, seven second lead. It was seven at one time, I think. I think it was seven. So, and that, and that wasn't just him showing off. He knew, he knew his tire was going to go. So he was going, I need to get here 
so that they don't catch me before the finish line. Yes. Rossi's team said, okay, don't panic. We think, you know, we think our tyre is going to be the fastest across the whole race. And that's why Bridgestone knew their tyre essentially was going to hit a cliff. And I think it was 20, 20 laps rough. It was five before the end. Yes. If you remember, he was there and it, and he dropped. Like, ultimately, Marquez dropped quicker than the team thought because during free practice, as much as they push, it's not exactly the race, right? Yes. So yes. he dropped that little bit faster. And then you take a Rossi who's not, he's raced enough and he's done enough catch-ups He's not nervous. If he sees him there at seven seconds, but he knows. Yes. No, no, no. I'm going to get him. He's not burning up his tire because he know he needs. He know he. Excuse me. He needs to save it for the end. So that that's why. That's all they told me. I told you. That's 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 all it was. <laughs> but 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 it's also Rossi's maturity. It's that race maturity. That's where yeah. I think age sometimes can triumph youth in that he's got that okay, Marquez is gonna take off. Okay, I'm just gonna race my race and get him eventually. And it was like a boxer just working that jab. It was like it was like a Floyd Mayweather fight. He let him go out, he just established his jab, didn't do, do too much in the first round, second round, and then he just start pow and pow. And then he passed uh, Doby. And Doby was like, I can't catch up with him, and he just get boom. And, and then the greatest, and this is what I think got us closer, because you've always been nice to me, but this is what got us closer, because I remember, now the crash, because remember when Rossi passed him, and Marquez, you know, Marquez was really in, uh, in it by then, so when Rossi passed him, Marquez came back, and they bumped into each other, and it pissed Rossi off, because he looked back, and when he looked back, that's when he, that's when he cut his nose off, and he crashed him, and I asked you and asked, and I go, hey man, do you think Rossi did, did that on purpose? And you went like, yeah, he knew what he was doing. <laughs> and it was, the greatest thing you said, you go, he knew what he was doing. Exactly. I mean, you said it with a with like a conviction, like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, it's you know what I think. There's there's no malice in, intended there. I, uh, you know, just to, just to make sure. I. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Ross, Rossi didn't want him to actually crash, but there's but there's like a certain bit of aggression, right? Where, right. Where you know this is my space. I'm putting the bike there. Right. You know, it's very easy to look at a slow replay. And you see his bike moving over quickly and you think, oh, look, he did that so he could hit Marquez's front wheel with his rear wheel. Not at all. I mean, these guys, they race in close quarters, but they are going like I hate slow motion replays because it makes people think, oh, well, why didn't they do this? They are racing the fastest motorcycle at the fastest possible speed at the highest possible angle on that particular bit of asphalt. There's no, you know, they're not going, oh, well, maybe maybe I can do this now, right? Yes, it's yeah. like, um, it's happened. Right. So he's, he's just gone, this is my space. Because had he not moved it over, Mark probably would have stabbed it up the inside and then, you know, and then he might have been pushed wide. But he knew, I've got to get this over now yeah. and just get it there. It's, uh, I mean, they are the, those two, in, in terms of close combat, they're, they're like, you know, you know like, in, like in Top Gun. They, those two would be the top, Dogfighters. Like for me, the fastest rider was always Lorenzo. Lorenzo on the Yamaha. When, right? When, when Lorenzo got to, Yes. When he got the start, the if he Yamaha. got the start, if he got the start on the whole shot, it was over. Yeah. And and it was exactly. kind of and it was kind of like 
I mean, every every race, and I called it for a while. I mean, it was a great run by him, but it was so boring because if he got the whole shot, I was like, it's done. And it was a parade. I mean, the only time I think that it was ever exciting was in uh, the Czech Republic. For some reason, Danny Bedosha got some balls at that race. And he, I think he punted Jorge out uh, close to the pit lane toward the end. And I think he got that victory. I think he got the, yeah, I think he got that victory. He raced him hard. And that's, and that's the only time, like, you can go, okay, that was a good race. But other than that, if Jorge got the whole shot, it was done. It was, you know what? He was, Jorge Lorenzo was the best rider to watch if you were at the track. Yes. Um, because if you, because if you, um, and, and I remember that because in Assen, that's when, uh, sorry, Bruno, you said, Bruno or Assen? You said Bruno, right? Yeah, Bruno, yes. Yeah, Bruno. Bruno, right. Because you, you know the last, the last steps, you've got two, two chicanes uh-huh. and they call that horsepower hill. Well, that, that's when the Yamaha was like a scooter com- compared to the Honda. And Danny Pedrosa weighed nothing, right? So, like, Lorenzo would do everything. And then Danny would just go, adios, up the hill. <laughs> but, uh, no, no, Lorenzo, because Lorenzo was I – mean, even, even Marquez said that. I got to interview them in 2014 when I did a few segments when it was on Fox in uh-huh. America. And, and, and Mar- Marquez said, he says, you sit behind Lorenzo – he looks like he's on an on an outlap, like he literally looks like he's going for a Sunday drive, because nothing moves, like the bike doesn't shake, nothing shakes. And Lorenzo then told me because I got I, I got to interview them both but separately. Right. But then he said, "Well, Dylan, the way I ride this Yamaha is I will always ride it at ninety eight percent, never at a hundred. So if the other guys break at the hundred meter marker, he'll break at a hundred and two meters." Forgive my math. That, that might not be <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like he, he said, I'll break early to make sure the bike is so stable. And then he would carry two or three more kilometers an hour corner speed than even the other Yamaha riders. Like Cal Crutchlow said when he was riding Tech 3, he once told me, if we do the lean angle that Lorenzo does, we can hold it for like a millisecond. If not, the bike goes. Lorenzo would hold the highest lean angle for, for seconds because he had that extra corner speed the bike didn't want to drop wow so he had better turning yeah and lorenzo used lorenzo is the reason why yamaha had such a what you know what the other rider said was a weak engine because yeah. yamaha kept throwing more high power engines at them but right. the problem is higher power means more aggression right lorenzo coming out of a corner wanted to open the throttle and not have that rear tire move an inch so he just wanted it butter smooth the second you added power, his rear started shaking and he slowed down. Wow. So that so yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 absolutely fascinating because riders ultimately make the bikes because they say, I need this bike like this and I'll win a championship for you. See, and that's what I'm talking about. I'm looking at I'm listening like, oh my God. And even your wife, I'm watching Terry going, this is why I love this man. I mean, yeah. I mean. BC, yeah. I think I might get lucky after this call. <laughs> well, I should hope so. That's your wife. I should hope. Yeah. Hey, not on camera though. <laughs> no, we won't, be doing, we won't be doing that. That's a different category in Pornhub, so we won't be doing oh, that. Right, yeah. <laughs> You're like very, very polite Canadian porn. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a hockey game going on in the background. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but BT, this is this is what I get to listen to, and 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 the stuff that I get to talk to him about during the races on Sundays. 
because we have or made obviously you know with the time difference and everything it's early morning right so we're just getting out of bed we stay in bed we watch the race in bed eating and drinking coffee and oh it's just a commentary from him that i'm privy to alone and i'm going i am the luckiest girl in the world <laughs> I, 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 I was, was going to ask you that terry honestly I'm, I'm i'm like when i found out you guys were dating i mean maybe it's just me but i couldn't have been more happier for two people to be together because in the paddock separately i was like i mean everybody's always been good by the way everybody's always been good to me in the moto gb paddock everybody's always been tops even, but man, even ianoni <laughs> You know what, we're not, we're not gonna go there. 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 I don't want him to put a hit on me because because think about it, think about it. he's he's out of the game now, so there's no, no rules for him. He can come over here and, and like oh, I'm dead. You know, like what happened? Now? You know, he got it. So we're not gonna talk about that. But I just remember being so happy you guys were together. And Terry, your background being a pit lane reporter, you I mean it was a fun energy you always had. And I know you you know writers are gonna give writers are great, but they're gonna always give. A woman just a little bit, it's always going to be just a little bit different, you know what I mean? And your energy was good, and you had that, that bubbly, just great personality. And I was I always want to know, because you came from a soccer background, correct me if I'm wrong, right? When you're on being yeah. sports, right? Now, was that your sport growing up, playing? Did you play soccer? No. No, absolutely not. No. Curling. Curling. You were a good curler? <laughs> yeah. I, she still is. I always say curling is what happens when a janitor and a bowler have a kid. That's what curling is. <laughs> In Canada. Yeah, in Canada. That's what I say. I go, oh, I could see that. But good for, okay, so so when you got switched over from being sports from soccer to motor, motor sports, like how was that? Were you intrigued? Were you like, eh, I'll give it a shot? And did you immediately get bit by the bug like, oh, I'm so glad I'm doing this now? I am. <laughs> it did take me, it didn't take me long to get hooked, but because I was so um, I, all I did was cover soccer. So right. for the first maybe year or so when being sports launched back in 2012 and mm-hmm. 2013, it was only, it was solely soccer. So it was just, I was dedicated to that. And then they started going, okay, we're going to, we're going to, you know, increase our portfolio and we're going to start bringing in more international sports. And then they got the rights to world Superbike. And my boss was like, so you're going to, you're going to do that now. And I said, what? I, what? I, okay. I kind of did a little internal freak out because I, I liked my little soccer bubble. I could focus on that. I could, you know, really excel and, and, and do my thing. And then, um, and then, so, but I, I had no choice. I had to do it. But as I started learning more and started talking to people, uh, we started, you know, working with Dan Parisi, who is a former, uh, motorcycle producer. I don't know if you know him, BC, yeah. but like just, you know, start talking to people in the industry who were knowledgeable about it and reading up all I could. And I just, and watching the races, hosting the races. I mean, I had fumbles from the beginning because I, I we didn't all do. know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was seeing. And I was learning from absolutely ground zero. Right. But I never, I never tried to be fake about it. You know, I never tried to be someone or, or pretend to know something that I, that I didn't know. Uh-huh. I kind of approached it as I'm new to this. I'm hoping our viewer is kind of new to it too. And we can all learn together. And I yes. kind of just took that approach. And I think when you say, you know, and when I eventually we got the rights to MotoGP and I started going to the races and I started, you know, interviewing riders and I was, I was terrified at the beginning. And of course. I think as long as I was being 
um, true to myself and authentic. Like right. I never tried to be someone who is an expert because that's, that's his job, you know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. of course. But it's something but you I'm said hoping that came across. But a great quote that you said was, you got to go outside of your comfort zone. And that's what you did. And I think it's what made you good at it. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like something, another, uh, Colin Cowherd said something. He goes, you got to do something that makes you a little bit uncomfortable because it'll make you yeah. focus more. You know what I mean? Because in soccer, you, you knew that. And so you were in that. And I'm sure you were good at that. But if you had to go to something else, you didn't know. Like, I don't know this motorcycle racing. What is it? So it made, like you said, it made you study. made you find out, okay, I got to be good at this. I want to go on, and I want to garner their respect from a rider. I, I don't want to just be a pretty face like, ah, this is, you know, fruit for report or whatever. So then that's exactly. what you did. And I think that's why mm-hmm. they respected you. You know what I mean? Until that, until that incident, in, you know, in Austin where you interviewed everybody and they all crashed. Other than that, I think they really <laughs> respected it. That was my, that was my last race. That was my last race. I'm guaranteeing if I would have stayed on another year, if Ian had the rights for another year and I would have gone, they would have all said, not a chance. They, they would look at you like, no, 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 keep her off. No, 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 no. If I would have been if I, I would have been on the grid and I would have had pole position, I go, okay, I can win this race. And I saw you coming, I go, no, no, get her off now, get her off. I mean, I, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's like it's like I said, it's like when you're racing in Moto Three and your pit board says, you know, Bender uh, point two. You go, no, no, <laughs> no, please God, no. Has, I, I've worked has too hard Darren for this. upset you in, in in some way? No, 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 you know what? I I love Darren Bender actually. I really I want to have him on. I love him. I think he's great for the sport. I, I mean, he's got that got that mane like you have. I mean, I think I love that guy. But, you know, let's, let's, let's be honest here. Man, if he's behind you, like, oh, Jesus. You know, like, please, please. <laughs> just, just, just don't let it hurt. Just don't let it hurt. Yeah, you, yeah. Know? <laughs> you know, he's the only guy I've ever seen when he's crashed. Somebody crashed him, actually, and he was sliding. Remember? And he flipped the guy off as he was sliding. Do you remember that? <laughs> I don't know what race it was, but he, he was sliding going. And he went like this, and I go, that's talent right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's talent, but it's also a bit of karma. <laughs> but you know what? The only person I know that crashed did. Didn't you crash in 2014 in Valencia on a moped, Dylan? Moped? On a moped? No. No, I crashed the safety bike in Jerez in 2000. Did, did you, did, no, did you, did, did you crash a moped with Steve Day on the back in 2014 in Valencia? That's the story no. I heard. That's the story no. I heard. No, we almost did. You almost we did? Al- yeah, 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 because we were, that was it, yeah, because that's when I first met Steve, we were at the Spanish CEV. Yes. Yeah, it was kind of like his his trial run, so to speak. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I made him look good, of course. And, and, uh, of course but, you do, of yeah, course. But back then, Steve was carrying a few more pounds than he was now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he hears this. I hope he hears <laughs> And uh, yeah, that, was, that was before he was a dad. You just and, called him chubby. You just called him chubby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I insulted his haircut live on air once, and he was very upset about that. <laughs> what did he say? Oh, it was – we were in Assen, and I was in pit lane. And, you know, I always used to pride myself on, you know, even though I hated the term that I was the tire man and the weather man, it would be very important if spits of rain were coming. Right. You've got to say it because, yes. you know – Within a second, a rider might fall, and you don't know why. But I remember, I think it was Nick Harris and and Matt Bird up in the commentary box. They said, "Oh, our colleague Steve Day, standing in turn five, has just told us there are some spits of rain." And I thought, cheeky bugger, because it hadn't really started, and it wasn't to the point. But I thought, oh yeah. So I just said, "Oh dear, is he whinging about his haircut being all flat now?" And the whole media centre heard it because they used to listen to our 
to our, uh, to our feed. And then afterwards, he, he tried getting me back in Germany, calling me his little German sausage. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. That's hilarious. I love Steve. He, 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 looks like, he looks like an ex-boy band member, doesn't he? Like he's, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, yeah. A member of new ki- like he's a member of the new kids on the block that, like, you know, that had quit too early. You know what I mean? Like, this ain't, <laughs> this ain't going nowhere. And he quits, and the yeah. next week, they yeah. get a record went, contract. Went through a rough patch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to tell him this. <laughs> okay, so let's go to Austin. Let's go to Austin. And I want to say, is it 2017, 16? I think, is it you, Terry, that interviewed him, right? Did you interview, did you interview him? Okay. Yes, I did. So that was, my, that was my very first MotoGP race. Did you did you immediately feel the sparks when you're like, when did it kick in? Like, ah, like you get those butterflies like, you know what? I kind of like this guy. And when did you Dylan go? Well, of course. I mean, no offense, but when you look at her, you're like, OK, she's OK. She's hot. That's given. But then, like, you know, when did you find out? Oh, my God, there's more like during the interview. Was it? I mean, did you feel those sparks of chemistry? <laughs> You go, you go first. Okay, so I, I going going to my first MotoGP race. Right. I had loads of responsibility. I had I had shows to put together. I was doing so many interviews with so many people, but it was also an opportunity for me to actually get into people's spaces and learn right. about the sport. Right? right. So, and Dylan was always someone that I like. When I saw him do tech talks, I was going, "Who is this guy? He right. is edu- like you said, he's educating." about so much more than what you're used to when you're watching the race. Right. right? So the best. And I just like, I was so fascinated, fascinated by him because he would, as you know, pit lane is not a short distance between all the garages. So you got to, you know, he's on the move constantly. And I was so fascinated by the job he did. And I was like, I got to interview this guy. He's got to be on my show. You're going to tell BT what your first question was. (laughs) It's better. It's, It's better that I uh, I tell that because you always say it and it's completely out of context. It makes me sound like some crazy. Please tell me. No, please tell me. Come on. We're uncensored here. Tell me. Okay. So because of all of this. She wanted to know what I looked like with my shirt on. Oh, Terry. Look at you. Hot mama. Ain't nothing wrong with that, Terry. (laughs) But because of everything I've just said, because of everything I just said and how he's just going, like he's he's going miles a minute in for the entire weekend, putting on so many miles, I basically just... I set up the interview with that, and I asked him. I said, "You've got to be in the best shape of your life, right?" So <laughs> I just, I just, honest <laughs> Fabio Sal. Like, remember Fabio, the butter guy, just kind of like this. Like, yeah. Just, like, do, you, do you like what you see? Do you like what you see? Do you like it? Do you like it? Oh, very good, And then you were smitten, Terry. Were you smitten after that, Terry? Were you smitten? Um, this interview went way too long (laughs) my producer had to do so much editing because I was just I just wanted to know so much and we just kept chatting and then finally I think our camera person he actually had to stop the interview because his arms were getting too are you serious steady cam and he was like I gotta take a break (laughs) and and then we continued after that and the the interview was done but we just sat around talking for like another yeah. hour and yeah. it was just yeah, it yeah. Just, we couldn't under the stop. under the repsol honda canopy i yeah. remember yeah, yeah it's like i you know this it's gonna sound weird but i mean i never used to just sit there and have like an in-depth conversation with someone like that you know you know you you know when you just know it's almost it's almost like we were just mates straight away and mm-hmm. i think that's that's something quite special it's like it wasn't so much that yeah of course she was drop dead gorgeous but that's 
is drop dead gorgeous. One's <laughs> <laughs> German, he's German. What's gorgeous? Yeah, it's gorgeous. <laughs> wait, 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 you know what though? Honestly, here's what I think it is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna speak uh, I'm gonna speak for you, Dilla. Here's what I think yeah. it is. Being a Gemini, yeah, we had that initial stimulation. Oh, okay, she's pretty. But when you find out there's more to it, that intelligence, and you're a Gemini, and I mean, you gotta always be juggling to keep us interested, right? You gotta be like yeah. doing this, like okay, I'm pretty, but hey, I can do this. I can do that. Oh, look at it. I can do that. I can juggle. Like, oh my God. And when you stimulate the mind of a Gemini along with the senses, you know, like the, with the beauty and there's more, and there's more to the beauty than just, you know, be, be, being a pretty face. I mean, that's what did, and I'm speaking for you, Dilla. I think that's what yeah. did it. When you're talking yeah, to somebody and, and she's pretty and you're going, oh my gosh, she has a head on her shoulders. Okay. She's pretty, but oh gosh, she, I, I like that too. Oh my God. Next thing you know, uh, the race is starting. I got to go. I mean, it was, yeah. that, was, was that how it was? That how it was? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. I think I, I'm, I've, I've, I've generally been a bit on the, I, I was always on the cautious side. I always say I was, I was single, pretty much single until I met Terry, because for me, it was always very black and white. You know, right. it's like, do I like you? Yes, no, yes, no. I'd always decide very quickly. Right. Kind of thing. Or, or, or she would. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's sort of one of those things, right? And, and right. I've always been lucky like that. But I think for me, for me, actually, what did it more was um, the, the, we, how we stayed in touch afterwards. Because we'd obviously met there. We built up a, what you might call a professional relationship and a friendship from just having spoken. Right. But it was then the staying in touch afterwards. That, that kind of did it for me because I used to be just a case of, Hey, you know, we, you know, you message, you message a girl because you want to meet up, but I'm not going to have a long conversation because what we're going to meet. Right. 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 That was different, but it was, it was, I was looking forward to our long chats and that, and you know, the only other lady I've spoken to for that long were my mom and my grandmother. (laughs) So that, that kind of showed, you know, (laughs) well that, and you, and you ditched your friends, you ditched Steve. I think the story was you were supposed to go down uh, to a bar and like, Hey, Terry's going to be here. And let's just kind of, Oh, Hey, look who showed up is Dylan. And then you were like, Oh my God, it's Terry. Bye guys. And you kind of gave him the old, stiff arm the old Heisman and he and you ditched him and after that next thing you know old Jed's a millionaire (laughs) I mean in all fairness in all fairness if you sat there with Steve Day Matt Burt who else was there I think Simon Patterson um you know It's it's a lovely combo. I love all those guys, but yeah, if Terry walked in, I'm talking to all those guys and like, hey guys, I gotta go. I mean, I love them. I love Simon, I love Steve, love Matt. They're all funny guys, but yeah, if Terry walked in, like, guys, I gotta go. I mean, I would have done the same thing. Matter of fact, I would have left them on the side of the road, as a matter of fact. Yeah, if I would have talked- I've been I've been talking to them all bloody weekend anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, Dylan, could you go down to that box and find out what happened? <laughs> Why don't you bloody go for one? <laughs> well, let's talk yeah. about that. Yeah. No, no, go, 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 go. No, 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 no. Sorry, I was just going to say, um, it was probably subconscious, but I was a bit. I remember Terry saying to me a lot later. She said, "I always felt like on on race day you were ignoring me a bit in pit lane," <laughs> and, and and I then had to. Fess up! It's because I woke up that morning with a really horrible pimple just on my upper lip. So I was like, every time she walked past, I was sort of trying to, you know, hide, hide it a bit. Kind of like side eye. <laughs> That's the only reason I ignored it. 
Isn't that great? You find that out later. And here's what you do from here on out, if ever. You always carry, I always carry a thing of makeup with me just in case something like that happens. Yeah. Honestly, in my backpack, I always have a little thing. I can just a little blot it and no one can tell the difference. That's what you do. BT, just get a, get a sexy tash like, like this and then you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> well, I never hit puberty. I never hit puberty. All so. right. <laughs> as you can tell. As you can tell. So, okay, you guys fell in love. Now, this is the thing and this is what this whole thing is about. Guys, fall in love or whatever, and then all of a sudden, 2017, the big year, you leave MotoGP, and it's like, you almost, it was like, you're gone. And everybody's like, we're still in. And I always felt bad for Simon. Simon does a great job now. He is, like you said, he's excellent now. I love what he does. But I felt so bad for him coming into what he came in. It's like, it's like being the guy that dates a girl after she dated Jesus. You know, it's like, oh, man. <laughs> so what was your last boyfriend like? Oh, he was the man. <laughs> I mean, so and I, felt bad, <laughs> and I felt bad for Simon coming into that because you left such a lasting impression. But was it hard leaving GP? I mean, or did you feel remiss or... How did you feel? Oh no 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 no! It was it was extremely difficult. But it's it's because within Dorna, you know, the uh, company that, that that runs MotoGP, right? It was it was like a family. You know, it's um just uh, a, a year and a half beforehand, my mum had gone through breast cancer. Unfortunately, oh. came out the other side, but they all treated me extremely well. Mm. My best friends to this day are from there. They're cameramen. They're producers. They're you know they're the people who who I speak to, who I'm sending WhatsApps to. You know, every every couple of days, you know, they're the they're the ones who who gave me what was my life in Barcelona, which for me is still one of the best ever parts of my life. But I I didn't leave. I mean, like lots of people think I left, uh, you know, because of money or because of all this sort of stuff. And you know, obviously there were always little factors, right? You always right. have to think of think of many different things. But you know, ultimately, it was just I I'd hit a glass ceiling. You know, I just I just wanted to know. Are we going to go anywhere? Are we going to be making a bigger show out of this, or are you essentially happy with the product that's that's there? Because, you know, if you say I've I've reached a bit of a top, right? If you're the official pit lane reporter for MotoGP, I can't really see in the motorcycle racing world where you can go from there. Because I don't want to be a commentator. I can't sit in front of a screen. You know, that's I just can't. I can't be an office person. I can't do that. So for me, it was a case of. You know, I, I, I'd, I'd spoken to them and, it, and, and I didn't just leave abruptly. I've been in conversations with them since Austria that year. So there, it was like a good five month period talking about it. You know, like what 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 could we do? And and obviously they, they tried to help me out from a I don't know what you what you would call it, just to just to keep me happy in, in one way. But I, you know, I was it was really more down to the job. You know, where's this going to go? And I look at what Simon does now and. I love it because of what I said, because, you know, my first ever track day video, I bought Simon's Moto Voodoo, right? So, like, I knew him before I was in GP. Right. And I love the guy. Like, I've I've met with him a couple of times. We've had beers. We spoke about we spoke about the job, about other stuff. He is the nicest guy. Yes. And I'm so happy he was after me because he's not he's not a second me. He's different. Yes. And 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 he's got a massive heart. Like he gets more emotional about riders winning their first race than I ever did. And I and I love it. Yes. I love it. But it's 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 but 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 ultimately his role is very much what I used to do. And and, and I think you, you just get to a point where you say, Okay, I'm here. I could probably do this until I retire. It's nice. But when you're ambitious, when you're in your mid thirties and say, I wanna keep growing. So that's when I said, you know what, you know, I've 
it's it was probably the one of the toughest ever choices that I made. But I said, I'm going to do it. And But Terry gave me that backup because I knew, okay, we also wanted to be together. But there was always the option of Terry coming out to Barcelona had had MotoGP said, okay, Dylan, yeah, we're going to start a more dedicated channel. We're going to do a studio show. We're going to do whatnot. And I might have said, hey, that sounds like a great jump. You know, right. let's do it. Yeah. Terry, I think, yeah. was, was all ready to go, okay, well, then let's, I'll come over. Um, it was that. And then, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know whether you know BT, but when I was in America, um, Wayne Rainey got in touch with me. Um, to do Moto America. Yeah. So they, they actually offered me a job because they, they, they were taking their TV production more in-house. Right. So they still had a few connections with Dorna and a few with Be In, but they were moving it in-house and they wanted me as, as kind of the presenter for their program. But unfortunately... I mean, I don't have any criminal records, no nothing. But <laughs> as the, far as we know, as far as we know. I say, the, the U.S. immigration system at the time said, no thanks, um, America first, which I have to respect. You know, that's, that's, that what, that's what was voted for at the time. That's what the, what the policy was. But I, I didn't get the visa. And that, unfortunately, I was informed of that as I was in Atlanta waiting to present the first show. Oh, man. So that's then when it was like they they'd made an announcement. I, I'd done all, I'd done like months worth of research, phoning the riders, um, phoning the teams, getting everything ready, working on the planning for the production. And yeah, and then then it was uh, thanks but no thanks. So that and and that you know pe- people would ask me they said yeah but then Moto America isn't GP, but I kept having to say yeah but it would have been a jump in in my uh, um, uh, what would you call it job job title should we say oh, or like, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know you know it would have been more of a studio kind of show not not studio but it would have been me leading a show but it would have been a different experience yes. as well yes. right a completely yeah. different experience on the other side of the pond like yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 but anyway it wasn't to be and that's why when we met in miami for lunch i just remember you going so what's going on did you go, I, I can't really talk about it. i i can't even get on a computer here and i remember you saying i was like so what's going on ah, nothing what are you going for lunch and i was like oh, okay i just i just remember that you couldn't really really get into it and i was like and i just remember being so sad because i mean you leaving like i said man that was de- it was like ronaldo leaving man united you know it was like yeah people are just devastated like oh don't leave and then like and in this day and age of you know of, of social media and everything for you to just disappear like where's dylan gray and i and, and i knew the story about you trying to you know get in moto america and with the work visa and then it was like where's dylan and it's like and man that hurt because it was like oh man we everybody love i mean everybody loved you watching you when you uh, did the tires and i and i thought one of the funniest things ever was when you did the laps on the bike because you were you would be commentating why you're riding but you're out of breath you're like the best to me was when in qatar you're like okay i'm going down the front straight away okay I'm, I'm down shifting. Okay, I'm going in second gear. Okay, okay. And, and I mean, it was funny, but it was informative. And I remember, I loved that. I just remember watching it, laughing, going, this guy is fucking awesome. I mean, the way you did that, because you put people like myself, normal people, how you, like you said, when you watch it, you don't realize how fast they're going to you get to you there in person. But when you did it, you made it go, yes, no wonder they feel that way. You know, how, you, the out of breathness. That when you, and how you describe arm pump, how people on the sofa, they don't, they don't know what that is. Like, you can't ride through that. And unless you've been on a track and 
you tried to break really hard, lap after lap, and you realize, oh my God, I can't, I can't do this. Then you understand, and you made us feel that, Dylan. You made us go, okay, this must be a fraction of what those guys go through. So when you left, it was fucking devastating, you know? And then now I see you guys, and I'm so happy for you guys. But now you're in Canada, but both of you guys are out of the TV industry. Dylan, it's weird. You're like It's like you left, and now you grew your hair out. You're like, look, you're like Canadian Jesus. I'm like, who is this dude? You know, I mean, you look great as always. You look great as always. And Terry, now you have a, a new thing with desserts. Your desserts look great, by the way. I mean, you're doing like, – no, seriously. I mean, they, they are – they are literally like restaurant quality, food network quality, but it's like you guys walked away at the top of your game, and it's like we all want to know why. And and how about you, Terry, on your end? We heard Dylan's story. Well, on your end. Well, um, much like Dylan, you know, it's you're always looking for that next opportunity and always. Where, where you can take your career. Um, in television – it can be a rather tricky business. It's yeah. very volatile and you can be out of a job at the drop of a hat and you don't really have that control over your destiny as you would in other in other careers. And I'm very thankful that I had so many years in the broadcast industry. I mean, I had a really young start and I just I just kept growing and kept dedicated to the craft and learning new things. And, um, and I think the fact that I put in seven years at BN was, was really great. I mean, it's, it's it's not a common thing for any journalist to be with any one network for as for a long time, especially in this day and age. Yes, definitely. So, yeah. And I think that, you know, there was there was some changes going on at the network and, you know, Dylan being uh, we'd gotten married and Dylan being in the U.S. But without a visa, you know, it was it was kind of like, OK, we we need to make a change where we can both be working to the best of our abilities and, right. and, and going after that that. I was, getting, I was getting fat and lazy on the social media. <laughs> she was like, don't, don't take your shirt off. Just keep your shirt on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you, are you like, oh, we lived above a Domino's pizza. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh those are great yeah. days. <laughs> I had to eat so many tums. <laughs> That's so fucking nice. awesome. So, okay, yeah. so, so you guys decided to move back to Canada. Well, it was, it was hard reset. We, yeah. Yeah, it was... You, Actually, you you say it's sweet. Well, actually, we have you to thank for the push, though, to to come back to Canada. Because I mean, it always made sense because Canada made sense. We we could both work here, right? Right. And I mean, it's a wonderful country as well. Duh. 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 Exactly. Greatest country in the world. I will not apologize for that comment. Well, let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. I mean, I'll I'll go I'll go Spain, Norway. You know. Spain, Spain, exactly. Spain, Spain, Spain's the greatest country. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, I'm sorry. But Canada, Canada's good though. Great Serp. Great Serp. Great, yeah. ho- great well, hockey players. We've been OBT. We've been working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you moved to Canada, and it's like, but Dylan, now you're doing construction. I mean, why didn't you try to get back into, or, or and, and you as well, Terry? Why didn't you try to get back into TV or whatever? Well, I I always had a, a passion for being in the kitchen and baking and and yes. creating desserts and everything like that, and it was it was something that I was always like I wanted to to also do in TV. Like I had an interest of kind of going in that direction as well, going you know food television. Right. Um, but I'm always somebody who I need to do like with bikes, like with soccer. I need to do my research. I need to 
have this this base knowledge before I feel comfortable going into a situation where I can talk confidently about it. So on on television. Yeah. So I had done some research years earlier on you know maybe taking some culinary classes at some colleges in Miami. Um, that never you know came to fruition. But right. you know in talking to Dylan about it, he he suddenly said, you know what? Why don't we just take the plunge? Why don't you go for this like. Le Cordon Bleu is in Ottawa, in Ontario, Canada. Right. Like, why don't we do it? We'll move there. You go to school and we'll see what happens. See if it's something that you want to pursue. Like, how supportive and wonderful is he? That, that's what I'm saying. Honestly, I'm looking. I was, I was just thinking about the free desserts. To be <laughs> he was thinking ahead. Like, you know what? She yeah, could feed yeah. me. She can, no matter, yeah. no matter how bad it gets, she's going to feed me. Even if she gets mad at me, she's still going to feed me. Dominoes might be gone, but <laughs> entremets and uh, petit fours. Oh. <laughs> How great, honestly. That and that's, but that's what love is. And that's why I, t- I told my producer, I said, "Listen, man, you talk somebody going from Miami to Canada, which is insane. I mean, that's dyslexic. You usually go from Canada to Miami, yeah. but you guys <laughs> yeah. went from Miami to the, the God forbidden North. No offense to you, Terry, but I mean, any, anything, <laughs> anything past late September, you can forget about. It. I ain't going to Canada, and for what you." Guys guys did and the support because that's more that's the most important thing in anything in life is that support and that's why i was getting back to dylan's mom i think that's what got, and, and correct me if i'm wrong dylan is that what grounded you and made you just a good i want to say that's what made you a, 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 like a, I, I see the goodness in you with her and then i, I like that and i watched that wedding video and i'm like i bet that was his mom's doing it's just something about a german wife because i have t- i have two german aunts so i'm not just speaking out of turn i have two german aunts with uncles and they and they're still together after 30 years and and i've never heard anything bad i mean they're just good down just good just great just no whole i mean this it's just awesome that, that i love that every and german pancakes can't be beat yeah oh yeah <laughs> so is that it do you give that credit to your mom uh but both both you know what uh because my uh my mom and dad for me they are they are the perfect couple for me and i think and i think you can't you can't get a relationship like i feel we have without having some kind of example. And, you know, and I've got to say the same goes for when you see Terry's parents. It's, you know, you ultimately, they, those two, you know what, mum, mum is the German, but the impulsive type. So mum, mum, mum shoots from the hip, right? My my dad is, he's, he's probably more the thinker in that that relationship. Really? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So like dad, my, my dad, he's, he's the one who would have say taught me to, analyze take a step back think about it learn about it and then only tell people once you know like like he was always very good he always listened from early on when i was in in pit lane and and you know he'd be very honest he'd say dylan stop saying at the end of the day because i sometimes go through periods where i talk about something well at the end of the day at the end of the day you know <laughs> no, but he would tell me and, and and i was you know they'd be you'd be pissed off for a millisecond but then you go okay you're right thank you <laughs> Whereas, whereas maybe mum, mum's the other way around because before I got into GP, I had been, I was a little bit lost. You know, if I'm honest, I'd, I'd, I'd graduated. I'd done some motoring journalism with trucks, with cars. I'd been in Australia. I'd been in Germany. And then the financial crisis hit and I ended up working in a, in a recruitment call center in England. And, oh my the, God. You, know, you know, yeah. Oh no, no, no. I, it's, that must've been a slow death. 
it, it basically was like my mate who got me the job, who's a lovely, lovely person, and for some reason loves that job. Yeah. He he used to he used to say, Dylan, Dylan, I'm on suicide watch with you because you're always miserable. <laughs> but then my mum, she's the one who just she went onto MotoGP.com, and you know there's always this button up there that says contact us, right? And she sent an email. She says hello. Uh, you know, my name's Ingeborg Gray. My son is, she said I was 25. I was 26. At the time. She says, my son is 25 years old. He's got a master's in mechanical engineering. He speaks English and German and is doing a Spanish course. And he loves motorcycles and motorcycle racing. Do you have any job opportunities for him from a loving mum? She said that. And then, and then they, and, and nicely enough, they wrote back and said, and said, well, you know, you just please get your son to send his CV to this email. And that's not what got me the job, but that's what gave me this massive kick up the backside to go, she believes I should be doing something different. And then I then went on to send my CV to every bike championship, every bike team from BSB to GP to motor to back then it was still AMA, yeah, uh, AMA road racing, um, everywhere. And the two people that bit were the Crescent BSB team and Which- MotoGP. But MotoGP didn't have anything at the time. They interviewed me, but said, we're just going to keep you in our back pocket for if something comes up. Right. But I ended up doing the PR for the Suzuki BSB team for John Hopkins. Yeah, the Crescent team, the one he lost at the very end to, uh, who did he lose 0. to? 0.006 seconds to, uh, to Tommy Hill. Oh, you know, honestly, I watched that race and I felt that. I mean, I... I was in tears because I remember he had to win. It, they, they did like, didn't they do two races, right? They did two. And all he had to in do was win one, one. His sensor broke. Okay, yeah. He had a sensor break and he had to jump off the bike in the back straight at, at Brands Hatch, which is very fast through the forest. Right. And the bike was a complete write-off. And, yeah, so he, he had to finish. He, he just had to finish in front of Tommy. That's yeah. all he had to do. I remember just, that. Because, because, I mean, you love Shane Byrne, shaky, right? Yes, like, I know. Yes. Like, he is He is ultimately, he's Mr. BSB, and especially Mr. Brands Hatch. Like, no one can beat him around Brands Hatch. So, right. like, as a team, we weren't even thinking, oh, we're going to beat shaky. No. We just had to beat Tommy. And the heartbreaking thing was, not really so much for Hopkins, but his crew chief, Les Pearson. He is, he's now, the, he was crew chief for Vandermark for the last couple of years. Right. And Les was before that had Tommy as a rider and Tommy had lost out to somewhat, no, no, sorry. He was with Chris Walker. So Les had lost the championship before that by a similar margin. So it was like, Oh oh, my God. Like he's, he's who almost everyone felt. I mean, everyone felt bad for Hopkins, of course, but it was Les who I think got more sympathy Oh, it was, my. That, was, that was a bit of a tough weekend. I, I remember watching that, man. For some reason, I, I got the feed, and I remember watching it, and I just felt awful because no one knew what to say to John. They all knew what happened. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the dude was in the middle. Good-looking guy. He raced in, in the CRT part for, uh, for MotoGP. Uh, good-looking guy. He married Anderson. an American— uh, James, you, James Ellison. Yes, that's him. Yes, Ellison. Because I remember he felt weird because he goes, I'm trying to win too, but I know they're going for a championship. And he was kind of in the middle. I remember that. I just remember that. Uh, Ellison at the time was on, he was on the Swan Yamaha. Yeah. Gorgeous looking bikes. Do you remember? That's when the R1 still had that kind of 
alien front to them. Yes, yes. Do you remember? Yes. And that, like, I never liked them as road bikes, but yeah. the second they had the race fairing on, there was something very special about them because it was, it was him. He was, I think he was Tommy's teammate at the time, even. Yeah, it was. You know what? It was. It was one of those where. It's. I mean, that is an awesome paddock. I don't know. Have you been? Have you? Yes. Been to- As a matter of fact, the greatest vacation I ever took was last year. I went to. Uh, check this out. I landed on Sunday. Went to Cadwell Park. First, first BSB race ever. Went to Cadwell Park on a Sunday. Yes, I was there freaking out. People are like, "Who is this guy?" All right, and I, and I, cause I was like going crazy. I, I went to Cadwell Park. So the next day, no, so two days later, uh, my 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 uh, a buddy of mine, uh, he's the he's the wrench for Leon Haslam. So okay, so we went to, uh, but that was when uh, Hector Barbara was racing for the team. So we went to uh, um, oh. Uh, Alton Park. We went to Alton Park, and oh, yeah. watched, and I got a chance to geek out. I was it was just my, uh, my mate who was a, a mechanic for for uh, 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 for Hector and the team owner and me. And Hector had me helping with the leathers on. And you thought I was an eight year old kid. And Santa Claus walked through the door. I was like, oh. he goes, could you help me with these? You know, Hector's like this big. He goes, you help me with yeah. these? I go, hey, no problem, Hector. And I had him. I go, you need anything else, Hector? I mean, I was up Hector's. <laughs> I was up Hector's ass that whole day. And luckily, and luckily, you know, he had just got through all the trouble so he, he had gotten his life right and he had his girlfriend with him so he was just he didn't mind at all he was just in a, in a good place mentally but I was like anything else Hector you need me to do anything else and you go hey could you take these off yeah no problem Hector and I unzip his leathers and I mean and that was the greatest day I was like it's the greatest day ever and so and, and so <laughs> who, was, who was the team manager was it was it Jack was it Jack Valentine I think what a uh, big guy a kind of fat guy yeah a gray hair Talk, talks a bit like this all right BT <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, so, 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 BT Jack. Jack was the team manager when I was there. He was the team manager for for Crescent. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Because now, now that you say it, I remember Jack uh, tweeting about having Hector on his team. That's why that's. See, my oh my God! See, we're, we were in the same circles, Dylan. You see that? Yeah, yeah. You see that? <laughs> and then, and check it out. The next day, I did a track day at Donington Park, and I got to ride on the back with Ron Haslam. What? I mean, the, the greatest vacation ever. And then I went to Silverstone and watched GP. So that was the that was the greatest vacation ever. It really was. I got a chance to do a track day at Donington Park, and knowing that GP was there, and being the Gemini personality I am, when I put those leathers on, I thought I was Black Marquez, and I went into the corner. And I mean, you couldn't have told me shit that weekend. I mean, I was I was leaning the bike. I was like, I'm doing it, man. And then I got the real picture. I was like, I was nowhere near putting the knee down. But <laughs> but, but you couldn't have told it, me was shit. It, was it dry? Was it dry? Yeah, it was dry. It was a great day. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was dry. Good. But it was just honestly, that was the greatest day. Ever. That was the greatest vacation ever. Then we went to to Silverstone. Watched the race, and that was when that was when Renz clipped Marquez at the end. Remember that? And Marquez yeah, yeah. was pissy, but that was just the greatest vacation ever. And in, in between time, I got an audition for a movie at the same time. So the, the guy who I went to the uh, the, uh, the track went with Hector. Uh, I had to I had to go back to their hotel, have him and his wife uh, do a scene with me, so I could send it back to America to try to get a role in the movie. So that was oh, a, really? that was, oh interesting. Yeah, that was the greatest vacation ever, man. So yeah, oh, yeah, man. So, Huh? Uh, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. But I don't know why they didn't. Because I, as you see, what I am, I'm I'm like Denzel Jr. I mean, I'm I'm like <laughs> I'm DJ GR. Funny, we were we were we were talking like a couple of weeks ago. I was saying if there's one actor that I think I would generally be scared of to act with, it's uh-huh. Denzel because he's got such 
energy but you've got that too just a more positive version yeah and, and less talent a lot less talent but yeah i've got a lot of positive no, energy. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey bt no no i'm just i'm gonna interrupt this because i've i've been thinking your movie minutes are so bloody good mm-hmm. and really there is nothing like them because they are absolutely built for the modern age of how we consume information right right a minute no one else wants to see. If I see anything that says, oh, this is a minute 23, I just swipe past it. Could you even call it movie minute? And the way you do it and the honesty you do it with, honestly, I was I was trying to think how, what could we, you know, you help so many people like us by being positive, by telling us wonderful things about ourselves, by, by, by giving us uh, this promotion, even though we're not on TV anymore. But that, that's what you do. I feel like, you know, I wanted to ask you, what can we do to help? How can we get this movie minute out there? Because that is absolute gold does. And you're so honest about yeah. them. I love I love the one you, you did because you, you talk about issues that are current issues where you go, I saw, I saw this film with a bunch of friends and they said, they wouldn't be friends. It's an Asian guy, a white girl, a black guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> you said that it looked like a Benetton advert. I think it was <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that was the movie where the, like they were driving down a road, they were going someplace. They, I think they were in college together. I'm like, no, they yes. were. And 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 all of a sudden, somebody just started picking them off. Right. I mean, yes. it, it was it was a good premise, but it made no sense. Like they had to get a flat exactly at that spot, and they never explained why the guy was. He was obviously military, or maybe he was getting ready to storm the Capitol. He was practicing, but still, I don't yeah. know why he was. <laughs> I don't know why he was up in the trees, and they never explained that, and it just got stupid. So, and I hate what I hate doing is I hate trashing a movie because I know how hard it is to try to make a movie. I, I did I, I did a 14 minute uh, uh, independent movie on my own. Wrote it, produced, directed, acted in it, and I loved it. And it, but it, uh, no, no movie festival has ha- has accepted it yet. And I mean, but I'm happy with it. But I know how hard it is. So to trash it is hard for me because I know how hard it is. But man, sometimes you go, you know what? They must have ran out of money, or they all just said, you know what? We don't give a fuck. Let's just finish it now. You know what I mean? So it's hard for me to trash it. But I just got to be honest with people, like people, like, hey, don't spend your time on this. But yeah. you, you trash things in a nice BT way. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the whole point. You're not, you're not mean about like I, I, I don't like doing that. I mean, there are sometimes in the paddock where I wish I could have said a few more things or you know hey this you know or, or actually asked a rider a little bit more hey i don't think that was a mechanical issue how would you would have you know yeah yeah no but but i'm 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 like you because i also not that i've ridden at their speed but i know how easy it is you lose concentration for two seconds you miss your brake marker by a meter you're not making that corner yes you know but Sorry, back back to your movie minute. How can we make those go viral? No, 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 no. Yeah, sure. no. How can we make those go viral and then have someone like what is it? Is it E apostrophe? That's yes. like a movie <laughs> yes. thing, is it? E apostrophe. That's what, what E. What is it? E. They just call it E, right? Is it? I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, whatever. Like an entertainment. Yeah. Like a, like a Hollywood show, right? Yeah. Like, that's what we need to get you on. Whatever you guys do, if you share it with your friends or whatever and get it out, hey, man, that's all I could ask for because you guys, you know, and I, so, yeah, if you can do that, that'd be great and get it around. I mean, honestly, I just do it for fun. So, yeah, if you do that and who knows, maybe somebody sees it and go, hey, this guy, you know, you never know, you know, I just like, I'm glad you enjoy it and I want to get it out more. And yeah, I do like to get followers and everything, but as long as you enjoy it and I, you know, and I try to do it, like you said, in the BT way where it's it for the most part possible. You know what I mean? 
So yeah. Could it, okay, so I'm just, I'm just, I know, you know, I'm sorry. I know this is your interview, BT. I just, I just, <laughs> no, I just want to share. Oh, I love it. No, 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 because I, no, because I feel, I feel this is very important because when I said I got in touch with MotoGP and and all these teams, and only GP and BSB got back to me. Do you know why MotoGP actually responded to me? Because I sent my CV to their HR people. I sent my CV to their communications people. Yeah. Nothing. I wrote. I read a book, and it was called How to Get the Job You Really Want. And and the 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 underlying issue was is your CV needs to land on the boss's desk, and that boss needs to read it. So I tried and I formulated. I made the brief message. I made the CV so obvious that after the first three lines, this guy would be interested. And the reason they got in touch was because this guy, he didn't con contact me, but he saw it and he then sent it on to one hiring manager and said, take a look at this guy. So he was forced to talk to me because the big boss had said so. And then, and then of course, it was, it was down to me to actually get the job. But, you know, I kind of figured we need to get your movie minute <laughs> to the head of NBC or someone who watches it and then says to his team, hey, guys, I want you to talk to this guy. Man, I did let's, let's find a way, okay? <laughs> After this interview, you know, uh, we'll get, get back to it. Let's find a way because I feel you you deserve some help from other people and not just you speaking up everyone else, I, you know? So let's 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 make that our mission. We'll make, oh, I love you, Dylan. I do. Thank you, man. Hey, look, we got to get ready to go. We got to wrap it up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys one-word answers to both of you, okay? One-word answers to both of you because we're going to wrap it up. So, and, oh, my God. Dylan, honestly, this was... This was such a, a pleasure uh, talking to you guys, both of you. And just see, too, just right? seeing you. First of all, just seeing you guys and <laughs> seeing how happy you guys are and the fact that you were building your own house. And, and when I saw you had two sinks in the bathroom, I go, oh, they're definitely going to work because if you're married, you got to have two sinks. <laughs> yes. So it's good. And also that you're pregnant. I don't know if people know that you're pregnant. How many months long are you, Terry? How many months? Uh, I've, I've, I've just started my third trimester, so we're doing three months. Oh my God, I'm so happy yeah. for you. Uh, uh, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. That kid's gonna be in the greatest hands ever. Gonna have the greatest grandparents. Are you getting German and Canadian? Are you serious? German Canadian <laughs> pancakes? That's gonna be incredible. This kid's gonna be spoiled. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. He can speak German, Spanish, and play hockey and ride a MotoGP yes, bike. Exactly. <laughs> and and be a curler. He's gonna do it all. Yeah, uh, most no. importantly, yes, yes. Okay, so go. Let's go. One word answers. One word answers. Okay, Dylan. Dylan, the, oh, wait, so, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, the best. The, it's for you. The best rider interview you've ever had, MotoGP. The best rider interview you've ever had, MotoGP. Who was the rider? Oh, man, that's, that's too difficult. It is. Best. Okay. Um, I mean, I mean, and it could be for different reasons. One, just because of the enormity of it. It, it, one could be because of uh, maybe a situation that happened before and they were like honest where you were like, oh, this is real shit right here. Not the fabricated, okay, the press officer tells you this. So if for different situations, you know, the best rider interview you've ever had. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to say Marquez, but I think that's that's a little bit of a... Marquez win, though. Marquez win, though. Like, when was it? Oh, it was... Where was it? It was in, it was in Malaysia. It was in Malaysia. He had just won the title. Oh, okay. He had won the title the week before. So I, I want to say 16, maybe. Okay. He won it in Japan. And the reason why I say that is, is because most interviews had to be very short. But 
I remember this one, I got a little bit more time with him and everyone thought I was nervous because I was sweating so much, but it's because I've just done the BMW lap in the boiling heat and I couldn't stop sweating. So, but no, but he was like, you know, he was, he was, Marquez often has a guard up for every, from ever since 2015, there's a big wall there. Right. Which when that comes down, it's a joy. I think, I think that that was the reason it was the best is because you had him back to a happy self, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. That's the one. Malaysia, okay. 2016. Mark Marquez. Hmm. How about you, Terry? Best rider interview you've ever had. It didn't even have to be Moto GP. It could be Moto America. What's the best rider interview you've ever had? Track day rider, Dylan Gray. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, oh! Before I answer that, just just to interject with like how amazing he did with the pit lane reporting and the laps that he put in. Yes. The onboard laps. Yes. He did those on cold tires. Oh, those were cold street tires too, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I mean that 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 is cojones, el grande cojones. You're incredible, Dylan. Incredible. That's why she. That's why she married you. That's why she married you. Now quit stalling. Now quit stalling, there, good-looking woman. Because I, I know how to warm things up quickly. <laughs> so great. Are we still are we still talking tires here? Okay. So great, <laughs> greatest interview you've had, Terry. Uh, Terry great, greatest interview. Greatest writer. Oh my goodness, I've always had a, a, a soft spot for Alex Rins. Really? Because yeah, yeah, because. He's such a sweet, sweet guy. Have you ever spent some time with him, BT? A little bit, a little, but not too much. Not too much. That whole team is amazing. Is incredible. Like they're such a family. And because I, they spent, they allowed me to spend so much time with them, and they gave me so much access to their team in 2017. My first, my first uh, race, mm-hmm. my first job there. Right. Um, I just, I've always had a little bit of a soft spot for him. And, you know, in subsequent races going to Austin and seeing them, they were always like, oh, hey, you know, like it was like, a, you know, he recognized me and have a little chat and it was nice. And then I got to see his first win in Austin yes. in 2017 or 2018. See, yes. you're not bad luck for every 2019. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was actually you, you were Rins's good luck charm, actually. Luck, so exactly. yeah, you were the yeah, only one. Right. You were the only yeah. good luck charm for a rider. But <laughs> but that but that was when he that was when he defeated the beast. Because honestly, at that yeah. time, I mean, nobody, nobody saw him catching Rossi and beating Rossi in a duel. Exactly. And that's what he did. So, That's yeah. exactly what he did. And I was like, you know, you're supposed to remain very neutral when yeah. you're a journalist in pit lane. But I was just inside. I was like, you guys get it. Get it. Great. Great for I you. I loved it. Great I loved for it. You. So anyway, his, his. Now millions of people hate you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. How about this? How about... He's probably up there. He's up there. How about the most, for you, for you, uh, Terry, still you, the most underrated rider that you've ever seen? Underrated. Let's say, for instance, like you knew the rider was talented, but for some reason they didn't get that fact you're right, or you knew that the bike was shit, and, but you knew they were, better than, they, they were better than what their results were. Most underrated rider. Oh, goodness. That's a terrible question to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> she can be quite direct sometimes. I do apologize, BT. Sorry. <laughs> I'd like to say it's the pregnancy, but it's not. <laughs> Blame it on the baby. Um, oh my goodness! I feel I need time with this one. I need okay, time. With this okay, one. I think we'll go with we'll go with Dylan. Dylan, yeah. most yeah. underrated rider. So, underrated. He's not as such underrated, but Danny Pedrosa would be multiple MotoGP world champion if we had if we had raced on the tires Michelin originally brought to the first test. Really. 
they were nice and sharp and pointy at the front. And we couldn't report this at the time, but all the other riders on the first Michelin tires that they ever tried, and this was still whilst Bridgestone was, so Bridgestone was in their last season right. and Michelin were allowed four or five tests throughout the year. We covered them, but we weren't allowed to report on them just so we had the, the video footage. People couldn't, people lost the front and Danny Pedroza was the fastest because it was a, a slim tire, which if, you, if you've got a narrow tire, flipping the bike from side to side is easier, right? Because you're like pivoting over a smaller, um, over a smaller patch. Right. Where you look at the Michelins now, they're like bridge stones, they're like big U-shaped cups, so you can break as hard as you want and, the t and you're not gonna lose the front. But if you wanna move it from side to side, it takes more effort. Now, Danny, as you've seen, he is, he is a very small guy. He's a sixth grader. So he's, the got, reason, he's got the body of a sixth grader on a, on a model yeah, GP bike. Yeah, no, it's just the truth. Of, yeah, yeah, he honestly does. But he is an amazing rider. But that, that's the problem. It, MotoGP is a tire democracy. If 18 riders call for, a, call for a tire that doesn't overheat as much, that has a flatter profile at the front, that's what you get. But Michelin's first tire was perfect for Danny. And had they just kept that, he probably would have cleaned up a good couple of world championships. Honestly. That, that, sorry, BT, but that was my fascination or is my fascination with the sport. I, I always used to hate it when fans say, oh, he's having a good day. Oh, he's having a bad day. There's always a technological reason why someone is doing either exceptionally well or exceptionally badly. You know? Right. It's because the machine does count so much. It really does. Wow. That's yeah. see, that's what I love about when I first started doing the, the, the GP review just for shits and giggles, you know, it was like, ah, oh, this guy now that I know, I almost feel bad because there's stuff we don't know. The more I know about GP, the more I go, Man, I really shouldn't have said that because we don't know what they're going through. But I will say this about Danny Pedrosa, and I really gotta wrap it up. But I just remember to say by Danny Pedrosa, I remember I drink once in a blue moon, and for some reason on a GP weekend, I was I was at a comedy club and I, I don't know why, but I had one drink. I had a I had a mojito, so and I and I got buzzed, and I was like, I was watching warm up, and I fell asleep. When I woke up, Casey Stoner's rolling through the the gravel tra uh, trap and and at, at, at the at the sasha ring, and so okay. when I sobered up and watched the race. That was when Danny Pedrosa wore Casey's ass out, and I've never seen it. I, I mean, he had the fastest lap of the race on the last lap, and yeah. he was – and you could see in Casey's head, like, I can't beat this dude. I mean, it was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Maybe it was the mojito talking, but it was the most <laughs> incredible thing I've ever seen. And I always – and I feel the same way about you, Dylan – Danny Pedrosa, barring injuries and like you, and I don't even know about the tires, but yeah, I think the most underrated, and he wasn't underrated, but I think the most underrated, he should have been a multi uh, champion, a yeah. multi world yeah, champion. Yeah. So, but listen, oh, yeah. I've got to wrap it up, D. We we okay. are going way over, but my God, you guys, and I mean it from the bottom heart. This was my exclusive. This was my big one to getting you guys and to come here on a Saturday. It was worth it. I. I just I, I love you guys from the bottom of yeah. my heart. You guys are my heart. You've always been great to me in the paddock, outside of the paddock, and it's a genuine love. And I just can't wait to see you guys again. And I mean yeah. it from the well, bottom of my heart. We love you too. Yeah, exactly. And we make, really, do. really make sure when all this uh, horrible COVID is over, know you've got you you've got a place here, okay? And yeah. it's going to be the three of us. 
Okay. As long as it's before September. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> no. Come, come, BT. Afterwards, I'm going to send you a picture of our garden. You'll love it. It's beautiful and snowy at the moment. You never know. If it's in summertime, I might just take the bike up there, man. I mean, I like the travel. Yeah, oh, yeah. So it's not, it's not that far for you. Because if you think it, Indianapolis, you just go around the bottom of the lake, right? No, wait. No, no. Wait, it's, I'm, it's, I'm, far. I'm, it's far. It's far. <laughs> Like how far? Like twelve hours, thirteen, fourteen? We'll look it up, but that yeah. sounds about right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, like a couple, of, a couple of days easy riding or one long day. Man, you know what, guys? I just might in the summertime if it's a, if it's in July in the summer because that's when GP's off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, can't, I can't miss the yeah. GP weekend. I just might do that, man, and come up and hang yeah. out with you guys. I mean it. We'd love or it. Or come up here when it is a GP race weekend and you and I can do a live commentary. Oh my God. I, that would be an exclusive <laughs> pay yeah. per view. That's pay per view. Finally, oh. finally, you can switch off that annoying Steve day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you guys. And I mean, it from the bottom heart, we got to go. Okay, Dylan, okay, th- thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. You're the best. God bless you guys. And I mean, it from the bottom of my heart, my man. Thank you. Thank you so much, BT. Y'all okay. have a great night. Thank you guys. Okay, bye. And like I say around this time, thanks for watching Tell the Gemini. And like I say around this time, bye.